Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and I'm standing in for Michael Herzog today who called me this morning and uh, he's overloaded with work as are we all really in these days and times trying to get through our daily business. Most of you who know my name have heard me on other shows, uh, many radio shows and a few television stations as well. And I, I tend to put most of the information up on my own website at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and Alan Watt, sentientsentinel.eu. The approach I have to trying to educate people at this current time in history is uh, an in-depth study of what history really is and how we got to where we are today. What we're finding on all times and all ages is the people who are kept in the dark as the real machinations of governments with their agendas and their, their long-ranging plans is that the public are told fairy stories. Every generation is told a myth, which they call history, a compendium of dates and times and battles and famous people. We're never told the reasons behind them or the forces that finance them into existence because wars are very expensive. Wars take many, many years of planning before they actually take place. Nothing is ever spontaneous. You'll find even in the, in the great um, invasions of the Normans coming through Europe into Britain, uh, they, they prepared for many years before the invasion. They had thousands of carpenters building forts which they could float across the channel in pieces and put together at the other end uh, already made prefabricated forts, hundreds of them, and they had munition supplies uh, and logistical supplies going back through the Isle of Wight and the Isle of Man all the way back into Europe, and massive financing, which has never been explained to the public. And yet the same kinds of things, if you go back a thousand years prior to that, you'll find were happening in the ancient Middle East as well, with the wars there and with the wars with Greece. They say there's nothing new under the sun and that this truly the real um, facts of the day. Nothing happens by chance. I'll be back in a minute after these messages. Hi folks. I'm Alan Walsh and I'm filling in for Michael Herzog today. If you're wondering about my accent, it's because I'm from Scotland, born and bred there, and raised there. I'm going on about some of the histories that led up to where we are today and where we're going. And I'm talking about the fact that nothing happens by chance in this world. In fact, there, there's no terrorist organization that could possibly exist in the entire planet today and keep its little schemes secret because... MI6 and the CIA and the Mossad and a whole plethora of others which are all interwoven at the top and they have been since World War II have infiltrated everything in fact they set up a lot of these terrorist organizations unknown to the, the guys below who do all the dirty work and take the blame 
they become the patsies. So nothing can be kept secret in this day and age regarding uh, terrorist ambitions. However, terror in all ages has been used to alter societies by totalitarian means. We find, for instance, that the Soviet plan uh, after the revolution was to have a reign of terror copied after the French Revolution. It's very important to these guys who have their ongoing revolutions towards their goal and their agenda to use terror. And this war on terror is really a war of terror. As Carl Quigley, Professor Carl Quigley said in his own book, Tragedy and Hope, he said, an elite can get more done in five years of war than 50 years of peace and propaganda. That's what war does because governments expand their powers to cover every area, every facet of living. And that's what happened in World War II when bureaucracies just flourished. They took over industry. Basically, they became fascist, in a sense. They took over agriculture, and they put in heavy taxations. Once taxes are put on the books, they're never lifted, even though they're called temporary. So uh, they know what they're doing at the top. There are schools of thought at the top that are trained in much higher and older histories than the public ever get, even at the best universities. And it's the same with sciences, too. Some of the best scientists that work for the elite and get the largest sums of money are actually picked out of college or university before they complete their degrees, and they're given the higher truths into the higher sciences that's kept from the public. It's kept from professors all the way down to the bottom. That's how you get power. That's how you hold on to power. You do it but not sharing the knowledge of that power to the general public. We find this little club is called the Project for the New American Century, which comprised of Wolfowitz and Cheney and Rumsfeld and all these characters that are uh, in and on your television screens every day now. Uh, they wrote about their agenda in the 1990s. They talked about the necessity of taking Afghanistan, followed by Iraq, uh, then Syria and Iran, etc. This is their agenda. They're going forth with it, and they needed something on a Pearl Harbor scale event to occur to garnish public opinion behind them. You must always get public opinion when you want a war on your side. And so you have the Twin Towers, a very occultic symbol, because the Twin Towers represent the destruction of the old man and woman, the Jachin and Boaz of the, the occult and the lower Freemasonry. The old man is to be done away with, you see, and the old woman too, as you bring in a new science of genetics to create the new types that will be their servants of the future, new, new types of purpose-made human beings, which they've written about in the lower science magazines, and by that I mean the ones you buy on the shelves in bookstores. And they've told us that uh, the ideal design, the real meaning of ID, the ideal design, the purpose-made human, will be very efficient and can probably work for days without end, a kind of golem for those who understand the Kabbalah. A golem is a, an artificial slave created by a form of magic, which is just science. 
And that is the great agenda for the future. However, to get us to that step, which they knew long ago they would do, and I gave a talk this week about it, you'll find it on my website, from 1929 by a Lord Birkenhead from Britain, who went through this agenda, this glorious future, mentioning higher sciences that were totally unknown to the public until today. Yet it was published in a Hearst magazine, Cosmopolitan, in 1929, discussing this whole future, this wonderful future for this dominant minority, where they will rule the world in a, a form of utopia, the dream of the ages, as they call it, going all the way back to the days of Plato and his republic, where the common people would be bred and made uh, special for their purpose, their tasks ahead. Now they're at it with genetics, and that was always the goal of genetics, not to help the poor crippled pe person with Huntington's chorea or some hereditary uh, problem, but in actual fact to alter the whole of society except for the dominant minority who control us all. You'll find a lot of this in the writings of Arthur Kessler, who worked for MI6 as a propagandist. He also worked for the United Nations on projects on how to lobotomize the entire population without their knowing it for the general public, while he said the elite will remain unaltered because they must retain their survival capabilities since they will making, make the decisions to steer planet Earth on its course. So uh, you have many declarations like this on, uh, given out by the propagandists on behalf of this dominant minority telling us the same thing, that we've all to be basically dumbed down through all means possible. Kessler and others mentioned using inoculations to do it, inoculations that would be given out under pretenses of helping us, but would actual fact would attack the brain itself, not just the brain, but specific parts of the brain. That part that Kessler said, which gave you your ability to think as an individual, your higher critical judgments, your intellect, that's what they wanted to attack. And when you look at the incredible rise of autism over the last 20 years or so, it goes in parallel with the same graph as the amount of inoculations given out at a very early age. Autism at one time used to be recognizable from pretty well birth, when the child didn't go through the normal milestones all up the way to seeing Dada and Mama. Now they're normal up until the age of two, when they get the inoculations. They have a tremendous fever, which every doctor is taught is normal, and he tells the mother so. And then after that, the child regresses and no longer says Dada and Mama. And the problems are there. Now it's accepted as being normal, but the graphs show they're in parallel with the amount of inoculations given within the same areas or states in the U.S. or counties in Canada or England. Well known in the higher medical authorities what they're doing. The general practitioners have a hard time dealing with it, but they themselves eventually do know because they, you can't help but thinking and seeing the results. They know. What, what's happening there. So we're under attack, an attack planned by a dominant minority, which Aldo Huxley, a member of this group, actually belonged to, and he spoke on their behalf too, and he said uh, the same thing, that there's no problem with 
basically giving most of the people a false sense of reality, a make-believe world. What's wrong with that? He said most of them are unhappy anyway. And he knew that because the system they have given us of money and taxation and all the burdens that go with it, the hurry and the scurry, he knew that most people really are not really happy. And he knew at the top, too, that no matter how many goodies they give us to buy all these little rewards that we're taught to get for ourselves at the end of the month to make it all worthwhile, they knew that eventually there wouldn't be enough and they'd have to do something more with the people to make them manageable. And that's what they came up with, ways of lobotomizing chemically the general public and and they believe they're doing the right thing according to themselves. They call it the noble lie. You must lie to the little people because, you see, the little people are too dumb and stupid to understand poor dears. And that's how they justify it. World peace to this elite means the absence of all opposition. The absence of all opposition means the absence of all people or any people with critical thinking abilities left. That's what it's all about. And hence, they have put their faith in science, through science they will conquer, and they're on the rush of genetic engineering. They're way beyond what the public are told. They have been all along. You'll find that mathematicians like Rutherford, uh, one of the greatest mathematicians who ever lived, was employed working on genetic research back in the 1920s, long before supposedly they could actually see the genes and deal with them. Well, you wouldn't need you wouldn't need a mathematician if you couldn't see the the, the actual genes. You wouldn't need them; they would have no purpose. So they they were into this a long time ago, and they can now create complete human beings from scratch, designer-made humans. And the only problem they have now is to bring all the old world down. As I say, the symbol of the Twin Towers, the Jachen and Boas, that kicks off this new American century for the 21st century. The 21st century was always very important to them. Arthur C. Clarke, a very high Freemason, wrote 2001 and 2010, two great novels with a lot of truth in them. And this guy, I remember, was a Nobel Prize winner. He was no dummy. He talked about this agenda, which would be kicked off in 2001, with a great discovery, a new change that would come all over the world. We know where the music's played. Hey, folks. Let's go out. Alan Watt here again, filling in for Michael Herzog. And I'm going through some of the the deeper meanings behind what's happening today. Meanings which are kept from the public. The public are given panic and hype and fear and terror because it's worked in all ages and all times past. You have the ancient Caesars and Neros of Rome who used to use the same tactic where they'd get a group, real or imaginary, claim they were being attacked from within and they lived amongst you and then the whole population was put under martial law. There's nothing new in this technique. It was also used, to see, after and during the French Revolution, the reign of terror, and the Soviets also used it, because once the Soviets had basically completed their border and didn't expand outwards anymore, 
you had to find an enemy within. When you have a totalitarian government, you must find an enemy anywhere and everywhere, and so they find the enemy within. When you look at the coordination of the anti-terrorist bills that were into effect in every nation pretty well in the world at the same time after 9-11, that should surely tell you that no countries involved were actually independent. They had them, all these agreements made long before it happened, and they all basically pushed the same anti-terrorist bills through at the same time. In Canada, Alan Rock, this strange uh, lifelong politician who always get, got put into high cabinet um, positions, uh, was, uh, he was in, in the charge of uh, the Justice Department for Canada in the 90s, and he single-handedly put through a complete omnibus bill, which was exactly the same as the anti-terrorist bill. And the, the newspaper reporters at the time were all questioning, well, what is this for? Nothing's happening in the world. The Cold War is over. They didn't have this during the Cold War even. And what's going on? Of course, none of them dared go any further because they're not supposed to. The media is all bought and paid for, and they like their paychecks. And uh, this went through. We actually had it on the books before it happened around 1998, before 2001 came up. So we were already ready for it. And after 9-11, it was announced on the, the CBC in Canada, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which is run by the government, uh, that basically all security forces were integrated already with that of the United States, including the intelligence services. So, uh, you see, this was all planned. It had to be. They'd made all the preparations in advance of 9-11, and 9-11 kicked off the event, the high occultic symbol. When it comes, it falls within the old Ides of September, as they call it, where a goddess is born out of the head of Zeus or Kronos himself and self-born God it means a new system something which willed itself into existence in the high occultic circles which the elites all belong to they're taught this stuff at the top so there's nothing new under the sun just the same techniques over and over with occultic terminology to get an agenda going the biggest problem has been written on the books in sociology for the last 100, 200 years, actually going back to the 1700s, from the days of Thomas Malthus, the economist for the British East India Company, was overpopulation. They always believed as a magic number the population will reach, and then there'll be chaos. They couldn't keep control over them. Therefore, they've been very, very busy for centuries finding ways of culling us off. Malthus suggested they put all of the useless eaters and the sick and the deformed and so on in special housing in the worst areas outside cities over swamps and stuff so they'd die, you see, help them die quicker. He was a very humanitarian type of, of fellow and, and also uh, diet was very important according to Malthus you'll find diet is very important in all ages. Even the Egyptians practiced special diets for the slaves. They wanted them to be fit and healthy physically, but not too fit that they could walk off elsewhere or walk outside into another, another country 
and, and escape. They, they didn't want them too bright, so they knew the combinations of foods to give them, which would feed the body to an extent, but not the mind. They were, they were rather slow, you might say. Well, look around you today. Everything that you eat has been under attack. All of the food you're buying is processed. It's grown um, in, uh, by the big agribusinesses, and it's all genetically modified, which is to modify you. Back in a minute after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, standing in for Michael Herzog, who's up to his eyes in work, as are we all indeed. And I'm going through some of the reasons why we've arrived at this spot in history, this time where things are changing rapidly. And everyone in the general society is hoping secretly that things can go on as they've been trained, that it's, it's normal. Really, there's nothing normal under the sun in this system. It constantly changes. The America of 20 years ago, the Canada of 20 years ago and 30 years ago, is completely different uh, to, to the, the situation today. We've been de-industrialized, a process that was decided at the first big NATO meetings after World War II, where Britain agreed to secretly deindustrialize and not tell the population that's now been admitted with declassified records out of London. Of course, the generations that went through the deindustrializing process and all the misery that caused were not told any of this at the time. And after that was to happen, an amalgamation of Europe was to occur, and it was planned back then in 1945. Then the United States was to amalgamate too with Canada. Mexico followed by all the rest in turn and you'd have a, a United Americas which would also gradually be deindustrialized although Latin America was to be built up by agri-food businesses to produce all the food all the grown produce that we would need however it's rather evident to anyone who studied economics that if you're not manufacturing then you're a service economy and all the big top boys agree that a service economy is really like a dog paddling in a water until he can't paddle anymore. He runs out of strength and steam and he'll sink. It's a temporary stop measure. So what's to happen for the future? Well, the future is simple. The, the brightest of the bright, according to this whole New World Order agenda, will be hired by international corporations and they will travel across the world. They were to be the new nomads the servants of the elite, this new high bureaucratic, technocratic class, and they will, the creme de la creme, will find work wherever they're told to in the world. The rest of them will either start leaving the country as the new boat people, according to Jack Satali, who was a big mover and shaker in the unification of Europe, and the Americans have to be the next boat people looking for work abroad. What happens to those who are left behind? They'll find ways of gradually reducing the population they already have. If you haven't noticed the spraying above you and the massive increase in chronic bronchitis and lung diseases that it's causing, this is all part of the same agenda uh, of depopulation. They want uh, the people in the rural areas to move first, to move off and into the cities. The existing big cities are to be the habitat areas according to the United Nations where you'll all live eventually step by step in rented accommodation. No private accommodation will be allowed down the road. 
and there'll be no private transportation. That's why you've never been given uh, these hydrogen cars or the electric cars and all the things I've talked about and done nothing about over the years. You're only given vehicles while you lived in rural areas and, and traveled to, to cities where there were, you had industry. Now that that's gone, you won't need to travel, you see. Our masters at the top are very, very efficient in these things, and they foresaw this over a 100 years ago. They would gradually get you back into the habitat areas, close down the rural areas by all means possible, and you'll be all living on top of each other in the cesspools of the city, the most abnormal way of living that anyone could have devised. And I mean that seriously because the ancients knew this too. Plato said we would create cities, artificial beehives, which meant that everything that happens within a city must live on a system of economics run on money. That money is the key to everything. It can't feed itself. It can't do anything for itself. Everything is brought into it. But what you can do in such an artificial system is give the inhabitants an artificial way of living, and you can literally alter their culture in any direction you want very quickly, and the public never see it. They, they adopt and obey. That's the tricks that were known thousands of years ago, and for those who want to know more, read all the writings of Plato. He was a member of the aristocracy of Greece. He believed he was a member of the, the elites, and he spoke on behalf of the elite and their, their, their plans. As I say, there's nothing new under the sun. I can't say that enough because it crops up all the time. Even in scientific experiments, there's the famous one they do all with every intake of students of starting off a big cage with a couple of rats and you watch them with their social behavior until they breed to a specific number and then they become deviant. They turn on each other, they bite each other, they might even eat each other and there's all kinds of deviant uh, sexual aberrations break out as well. It's the same with humans and that's why for cultural change uh, those who, who run the techniques of culture decided that cities would be their main beehive for creating this system for the whole world. But the rural people must be put off their lands. That was a, 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 prime, a prime thing to do. Even in the ancient times, Rome fell, not just because of barbarians invading them, but because they had taxed the rural population so much that they eventually rose up at the end and finished off Rome. However, not before the elite got out with all their loots to start off an empire elsewhere, as they always do. Today, the elite have already been getting cities, brand new, the most modern, ultra-modern cities built for themselves in China to accommodate primarily a middle-class, bureaucratic, um, white population with all the, the most recent amenities that they're used to, or even are not used to yet, because they're in advance of America. And uh, these are sparkling, brand-new cities that all use the, the technocrats, the scientific elite, the scientific types of bureaucracies that we now have running this world. And they've also set up, um, and they're setting up new cities in Bahrain in the Middle East. That will expand as well as it take country after country over but what will happen to the old countries, they've served their purpose. America was the new world. 
that this is the new world order is moved on from America. And what do they do when an empire has used its purpose, served its purpose? They collapse the empire behind it. This is standard down through history. We're all really already living through the collapse. We're seeing the price inflation. We're seeing all the phoniness around us, the cheap, cheap things we buy that don't last long. They all break. They're non-repairable. Um, we're seeing the end of an era, basically, the end of a plan. And we're watching the big boys manage the, the strings of the puppets. And we're all supposed to dance to their tune at the bottom without thinking. Unfortunately, most people do not think. They, they'd rather believe that just a bad bunch took over the government recently. And that's why things are going to pot. But nothing is further from the truth. Jefferson himself, who was a member of the old Illuminati of his day, from the old French Lodge, as was Benjamin Franklin. Franklin was the Grand Master of the Grand Orient Lodge in France. They both said the same things, that the United States of the Americas would be a nucleus of a world federation. They both knew the agenda. They said it would be run eventually down the road by a council of 12 wise men. They also warned the public, because they spoke with four tongues, you see, one tongue for the public, one for themselves, and between themselves. And they warned that when you see an agenda unfolding between the takeovers of different parties in government, where it's left wing or right wing, followed by right wing, and then followed by left wing, when you see the same agenda unfolding, regardless of who seems to be in powder, or, uh, power, then you will know that you are under tyranny. And if people haven't noticed that regardless of who seems to be in power, the United Nations agenda has steamrolled ahead since World War II without any halt, then you know you're not sovereign. You know you're under tyranny, and you have been. The politics you've seen for the last 50 years, 60 years, has been show politics. Show politics only. It's a drama put on and staged for public consumption because they knew they had to make you believe you had rights and that you had representation and that these boys were really there to speak for you. But if you watch what they really did during all of those different changes of Congresses, it was the same agenda. It never, you never saw one party coming in and saying, well, we're going to change what the last party did. We're going to throw that out. It doesn't happen that way. They continue to take up with the last ones left off. That's what Jefferson was warning about, and it's all around you. has been all your life, so don't panic at this stage that you're, that you're waking up. Don't panic because you're, you're noticing that the little things that you become habituated to are changing, that the prices are going through the roof, and that gasoline prices are going up and down, mainly two steps up and one step back all the time. It's meant to be that way. It's just an agenda we're living through. Our lives basically are scripted for us, at least the big changes in our lives, long before we're born, in fact, because these boys that run the world have long-range timetables, and they run it like a business plan with their big projected investments in the future, which always entail the takeovers of other nations and wealth and all resources of the world. One of, one of the many interlaced 
organizations that spearheaded this unification of the Americas is the Council on Foreign Relations, as it's called in the United States, and Canada, its sister branch, is the Canadian Institute for International Affairs. It's the same club. All British Commonwealth countries have the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And they work in tandem to bring all this about. In Canada, when the, the three amigos signed their first open part of the amalgamation for public consumption in 2005 in March at Waco, Texas, it was announced on Canadian television uh, that there'd be a few more after this one. Uh, the second part is to be signed this year in Canada. But they, they mentioned uh, that the Council on Foreign Relations that appeared publicly for the first time under their own banner on the mainstream news said that they drafted the whole thing up themselves. This non-governmental organization had drafted up the amalgamation of the Americas to be signed. Well, who gave them the authority to do so? Who voted them into any office over us? Well, the fact is, you no one did. We don't have anything called democracy. It's a joke. It's a sham for the public. It's to put the public to sleep thinking they have rights. The feudal system of the, of the Middle Ages is alive and well. They gave democracy for a while just to put everyone asleep and stop them rebelling every four or five years. That's why you have elections every four or five years. In the 1600s, the surveys they did in, in Britain showed that if they didn't give the people rights, there would be a revolution roughly every four or five years. So, lo and behold, they came up with this new idea called democracy. But at least in Britain and the older countries of Europe, they have an elite which they understand are there at all times, and they're called the establishment. No one votes the establishment in. Uh, the establishment are above all laws and rules. They own parts of the world, big parts, big chunks of the world, including the countries they're based in. You can't argue with these boys. Money is the key to it all. Everything in this corrupt system runs on money. I really personally don't care what kind of money it is or what form it takes. Money is the key to, to help elite families get to the top and hold power over everyone else. I don't see any way around it, to be honest with you, in a system that wants to keep money, even though they've said at the top, through their big front writers like Bertrand Russell, eventually the public will be issued credits by the state every week, every Monday, and you can't save up these credits if you don't spend them. You start off with the same figure every Monday. If you go against the system, then those credits will be withheld and you can't buy food or shelter or clothing. That will be a form of social control and punishment. This, again, has been discussed at very high-level meetings over many years by the elite themselves. And we, we will see that introduced once the ID cards come out, because the ID card that's to come out in the United States is made by the same firm that's already done it for Britain, and they announced in Britain last year that the ID card has an active chip, which also will be your banking card. This is the age, you see, that was planned a long time ago, where you won't be able to buy or sell 
without the number and being tracked and all the rest of it of the beast. The beast is the system itself. We're at that stage almost already without the single ID card. Just over the last 10 years, I've been astounded at the amount of people you see who have a card for every shop they visit. Everything they buy is being monitored by government agencies. And if you ask them if they know this, they'll say, yeah, vaguely. And you ask, does it concern you? And they'll say, no, I have nothing to hide. You see, there's no indignancy left in them. They have no indignancy anymore. They're happy slaves. They're being good. Being good means whatever the present laws are or what they'll become, they will obey automatically. That's what's called being good. So they think they're going to be safe if they just keep their heads down and play it being good. And that won't happen because, you see, if they don't have indignancy, their brains already have been attacked. It's a natural survival mechanism to want privacy. People had wars in the past to preserve privacy because in many times in the past it got to the stage then where big government wanted to monitor every person and they wanted to monitor everything you did and bought and sold and where you went and who you visited. That's called a police state totalitarian state we're seeing the exact duplication of the Sovietized system being established across the world as the elite from the west said it would be and they said at their big meetings at the club of Rome and there are other big clubs that they all they have in this amalgamation uh, that they preferred the collectivist system it was much easier to control the vast amounts of population Back in a few minutes after this. Hi folks. Alan Watt standing in for Michael Herzog. Going through just a, a few things quickly to do with how we arrived at the present state we're in and where we're going very shortly because the plans were made a long time ago and one thing you can count on is the planners never change their agenda they stick to it by all means possible that's why we're in for the long haul we are going to go through hell before we come through and see any light on the other side there's no doubt about that uh, they've already hired thousands of psychopaths on the, the lower level to do their, their, their brutal work for them and in today's society which is totally atheized they can, they've got many to choose from to recruit guys who've been brought up watching video games and playing video games and, and worshipping the black outfits of the police state the black colours of the, the executioner, that's why all police now have changed to black uniforms, they're not there as police officers or peace officers now, they're there as law enforcement agents and that's why they wear black, the executioner They've got authority to kill, and unfortunately the psychopaths they recruit has been a generation. They've come from a generation of games where the only object is to kill, 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 and win at the end, and wear the same uniform as your new brotherhood, the new brotherhood that you belong to. That's your new family. 
the same technique they use in all militaries in all ages. We're in for the long haul of brutality, and we've got to act now and speak out everywhere we can to stop this, because if one generation grows up watching uh, terrorism all over the place, at least the threat of it, and cops everywhere wearing combat outfits and machine guns, it's going to be very difficult to change. That, that type of system could last a hundred years, and that's why that Rumsfeld himself said this war might take a hundred years to complete. Now he's talking about a whole agenda into a completely new way of living, where the old ways are gone, where you don't marry who you decide to marry, or even divorce who you are in divorce. Uh, you, you'll have to get permission initially in one stage to even mate if they, they deem you acceptable. Then the next step for another generation will be, no, they're going to make you from scratch, all in petri dishes, basically. That's where it's to go. And they're not kidding about this. They're not kidding at all. They call the commoners the rejected genes. The, we're the junk genes that didn't make it to the top of glory and power whereas those who've held on to it through families and interbreeding of the same families over thousands of years and who have gained the power, who have gained the finances and held on to it, they've shown by their Darwinistic, socialistic techniques that they're obviously deemed to rule the rest of us and act like our betters, they are our new gods. In other words, we're seeing it all come out now with the arrogance from statements in the press by the elite themselves. So we have to get used to this, and we have to fight against it too, because one generation cannot grow up wearing black-clad outfits and, and holding the guns on the whole populations. It will become a ruthless society and brutal. Back in a little while. <laughs> 